Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I noticed in uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 20, Paul was speaking to the Christians, and he was telling them, he said, Look, I never held anything back from you that will help you. Never. God wanted us to have everything that will help us. And as ministers, sometimes there is a concern because people don't understand where you're going and what, why you're doing what you're doing. And in their thing is, you're trying to bring us to your church or you want to teach us your doctrine, you want us to believe. It's a whole lot more than that. I started off as a Christian in Africa. Thank God you all brought the message to us. You all brought the gospel to us. But I've come to know God by the grace of God. And I know the things that have helped me. I know where God took me from. From idol worship, dealing with demons. One of the reasons I gave my life to Christ was just the fear of the manifestation. Seeing demons manifest before my eyes. I thought, I thought those things written in the Bible, they were just words. I didn't realize they were real. But to see the people right before your eyes, a spirit speaking through the person with their eyes rolling back and acting, I thought, wow, this thing is real. And if this is real, then God's real. And if God's real, then hell is real. And I sure don't want to go there. I made up my mind, God, I'm holding on to you till the end. And I've been holding on to him for life. Staying with him. I, don't want, to, I want to see God in peace. So when I preach, it's not about church. It's not about doctrine. I learned years ago, I have to see it in the book. I don't listen to anybody. I don't care who he is. I want to make it. Because God's not going to say, did you listen to what this man said? If it's not in his book, it's got to be in his book. If it's not in the book, I'm not going to accept it. If my denomination says something that's not in the book, I will not accept it. Until the head of the denomination explains it to me so that I can understand from the book. That's the only time he'll get my vote. I'm not going with him because Jesus wonders that in the last days, People will be all, there will be different people telling us all kinds of things. And he said, many will be deceived. <laughs> hey, many will be deceived. The blind will lead the blind. And he said, it's just few. So I learned from my early days because I had a little problem. My wife would tell you. After I suffered for a while, I realized, no, unless you show me from that book, I'm not accepting it. Because God's not going to confirm your words. He'll confirm just his words. So what I'm sharing with you this morning is very important. And it's not for me, not for good points for me. I want you to be helped. I want you to know God the way you should know God. And between you and your God. But my job is to tell you what the scripture says and search the scriptures. 
You can read in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. It says the Berean Christians were more horrible, honorable than the rest of them because they searched the scriptures for themselves. They didn't take Paul's word, Apostle Paul's word. They didn't take Apostle Paul's word because it was Apostle Paul. They checked the scripture and made sure that everything that he was saying was so, and God commended them, saying they were more honorable than the Thessalonian Christians because... They, will make, they made sure that it wasn't right there in the book. And God said, I love these people. Just people, just follow what people say, what denominations say, and all of that. No! What has God got to say? That's what is important. And my message is on the Holy Spirit. This was the, the Spirit of God. Jesus was very clear about it. And even John the Baptist... In his message, it was clear. He said, I baptize with water. But the one that is coming after me, he is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. When you are baptized in water, you get wet. You know it. When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you will also know it. If you don't know it, or you're thinking you are, then maybe not. Because you can't come out of water and think, Pastor, am I baptized? No, you're wet. You just came out of water. The same thing goes with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said it's a fire. And we have to accept it. And forget man's doctrine. And traditions of men. Stay with what God says. Today I'm going to be talking about speaking in tongues. And, and I'm going to let you know, search the scriptures for yourself. And I'm going to show you what that's, what, what's, that's, what's done for me, personally. You know, many Christians wonder whether speaking in, or some people wonder whether speaking in tongues is of God. Others believe it's of God. But it's not for today. He died, speaking in tongues ended when the, the last apostle died. And others believe, yeah, speaking in tongues is still here today, uh, but not, it's not for everybody. Only uh, a few select uh, individuals, God is giving that gift, I have my own gift, they say. But we don't, it's not how, what you, your opinions, what your opinions are, is what the scripture says. That's what, where we can tell the truth. And let me tell you this. When you've heard the word of God, he holds you responsible for it. You're here this morning because God brought you here for a purpose. He wanted you to hear this. There is a reason why you're here this morning. And because of what you're going to hear this morning, it could be God's preparing you for something that he created you to do. And that's why you're here. So you have to really listen. Because I guarantee you, on the day of judgment, if this is important to God, He says, you heard my word, what did you do with it? So we need to really listen, because that's why I stay with scriptures a lot. It's not a question of having the DDD, Doctor of Divinity, and stuff like that. It's, it's about what scripture says. The Bible tells us on the day of Pentecost, that was 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead. He stayed with the disciples 
there were about 500 people. That's what happened. Jesus was about ministered to about 500 people. And then he told them, now you all go to the upper room and wait for the promise of the Father. Between the time he was talking to them and the day Pentecost came, the number that dwindled down to 120 people. For some reason, people know how to say, well, I don't know if I want to do that. You miss out. But on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. 120 of them. And I will read this from Acts chapter 2. So we know the scripture. You check it. Please write the scripture or verse down. And you can check it at home for yourself. Acts chapter 2 verse 2 through 4. He says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house, the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Tongues, like tongues of men, as of fire. So, baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Tongues of fire and one sat upon each of them. So, we got 120 divided tongues, 120. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 120. That was the very first day. 120 of them. And let me let you know this. You know those, some of the people who were among these 120? That's Mary, the mother of Jesus. Read it. Read from chapter 1. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was one of those that spoke in tongues on the day of Pentecost. Check the scriptures. James, the brother of Jesus. Jude, they were all there. They were numbered among that 120 people. Mary carried Jesus in her own womb, and yet she waited to receive this gift from God because Jesus said, Stay and wait. And you think, I think, I don't need that. That's a joke. Mary needed that. Mary needed that. When you are born, when you have received Christ, that's your pastor baptizes you, then Jesus wants to participate personally in your life by baptizing you, just like he did the disciples on the day of Pentecost. He spoke to them. Read the chapter 1 and chapter 2. And they all spoke in tongues. When people tell me, well, some people have this gift and others have the other gift, how many did you have in that, on that day? 120. How many spoke in tongues? 120. If God wanted to prove to us, that you can receive the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues, why didn't he prove it on that very first day? So we know how it works. There was 120. It's a lie. Satan is putting out a lie to stop you from being what God called you to be. You are a Christian. It's a supernatural thing. <laughs> Christianity is a supernatural religion. It's from heaven. There's got to be a part of you that's supernatural as well. You can't be just like the rest of them without a proof of the supernatural in your life. I thank God. Just like Paul said, I thank my God. I pray in tongues more than every one of you. There was a part of the supernatural in his life. He says, I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than every one of you in the church of Corinth. That means every one of them in the church of Corinth all spoke in tongues. And that was years, years later. Not denomination. I don't even think denomination when I'm doing the work of God. 
I have to answer to him. I have to speak the truth. What he says. In Mark 16, verse 17, he says, And these signs follow those who believe. These signs follow those who believe. You are a believer. This thing used to bother me. You are a believer. If you are a true follower of Christ, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. They followed him and he made them fishers of men. But part of it, was they received the Holy Spirit. Can you tell the difference? The way Peter was before the day of Pentecost and the way he was after the day of Pentecost, he was scared of no one. He gave him so much boldness. The same people that killed Jesus, they were asking him not to preach. He pointed his finger and said, Now, you tell me whether to listen to God or to listen to you. I'm not listening to you. He denied Jesus before a servant girl. Now he's telling the leaders of his country, I don't care if you kill me. We're going to do what he told us to do. That was the power of the Holy Spirit in him. And that power is still available to us today. The Bible says in the last days, we are more in the last days than when Peter lived. In the last days, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. We are living in those days. And by the grace of God, thank God, God opened my eyes. Just like the scripture we read. Until God opens your ears and opens your heart, you won't receive it. That's why we said this prayer initially. You're giving me the tongue of the land. Morning by morning, you awaken my ear to hear as the land. Because until God opens your ears, you won't ever hear. You won't even understand what the scripture is saying. I don't care who you are. God is not a respecter of persons. We need to follow him. You see, God's not going to apologize for his words. You line up or you're on the other side. And he said, if you are not with us, you are against us. He says, these signs follow those who believe. In my name they'll cast out devils. They shall speak with tongues. New tongues. That's what Jesus said. This is Jesus now, not anybody else. This is not the Pope. This is Jesus saying this. And he said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. You are a believer, you can speak in tongues. Hallelujah. If you don't get excited, I'll get excited myself. Oh, yes. If you are a believer, you can. You don't have to. It's not something you earn. It's a gift you receive from God that makes you different. I remember after I received this gift, Pastor Paul would tell you, I was casting out this devil from this woman, and she was, the demon was manifesting uh, a lot. Some of us haven't seen that. The first time I saw a manifestation, I was praying for a person, for the demon to get out of this person. My very first one, I was in Claxton, Georgia. That was my first day. God started manifesting and pulling her hair. I said, wow, just like the scriptures. How am I going to get this enough now? And I was saying, God the Father, God the Son, everyone, I need your help right now. <laughs> How can I get this devil out? And then all of a sudden, the Spirit was speaking to me. And said, now that you want me to leave her, where do you want me to go? I said, oh Lord, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where to go. I said, I was really 
in those, in those days, <laughs> much knowledge. Go to the nearest river, okay? <laughs> and she was looking at me like that. And I thought, he didn't listen. Go! <laughs> and then she dropped to the floor. And then she was breathing. And I was, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oops, that was oops. And, and, and you're laughing, but it wasn't funny then. <laughs> she, she had, this girl had a higher, high, when she speaks a real girl, I mean, she had a light piece voice. But when she spoke, she spoke like a man, and uh, now that you want me to leave her. And for days, those vo- the voice was in my head. I kept thinking about it. When you're new to something, it's not very fun. It's not much fun. And the voice, and I, okay, I cast you out in Jesus' name. Yeah. That's the way it was. But with time, I knew I could do it. Amen? I knew I could do it. These signs follow those who believe. You can do it. Not because I'm a pastor. I wasn't a pastor then. But Jesus has given us so much power from heaven. Don't deny him what he's trying to give to you. To make you what God created you to be. These signs follow those who believe. In Acts chapter 19, you can read from verse 1. Paul saw certain disciples. That was 19 years later. He said to these disciples, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, We never heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. He said, How were you baptized then? Because if you were baptized the way Jesus said to be, to be baptized, you would have been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But they said, we never heard any. There's the Holy Spirit. What's that? So how were you baptized? And then he baptized him. And then he laid his hands on them. And he says the Holy Spirit came upon them. He says when they heard this. Go back again. When they heard this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized the way Jesus said to be baptized. And when Paul had laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied and he says now the number was 12 men how many of them spoke all of them that was 19 years after the day of pentecost 19 years according to theologians 19 years later paul was still asking if you read in chapter 8 Peter and John went to the new disciples in Samaria after they have, they have been saved and baptized to pray for them so that they can receive the Holy Spirit. Why would we throw all of those things away and think we can run the Christian life without the Holy Spirit? How are you going to be holy before God without the Holy Spirit? It's impossible. We're all sinners. But when we are saved, God wants the seal of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit upon us, so that we can be holy. And that's the only way we can enter into His presence. With the Holy Spirit inside of us. The Bible says He's the seal that God is using to seal our life until the day of redemption. The final day. So we need that. Many also, I've heard people say this. They say, well, the Bible says the time of tongues is gone. And they quote this scripture. And I'm going to read First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 through 10. It says, love never fails. You hear that scripture? But whether there are prophecies, 
they will fail. And whether there are tongues, they will cease. In other words, tongues already ceased. And whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away. So some people go to this scripture and say, well, you see, that means tongues is gone. <laughs> well, knowledge is not seized. Knowledge has vanished away. They said the perfect is come. The world doesn't look like it's perfect to me. There's more wickedness in the world today. Where is the perfect you're talking about? The perfect hasn't come. Do we still know in part today? Oh yes, I don't know everything. And you sure don't know everything. We know in part. That's just scripture. Please notice this. I'm sharing with you, not rebuking you. If you're feeling some kind of indignation, watch what's dealing with you. Because it's not God. That's what happened when Jesus spoke the truth. They got mad. They were going to kill him. But I'm showing you scripture. We still know in part. Knowledge hasn't vanished away. In fact, just like what Daniel said, knowledge will increase right before the end. So what we're having, knowledge is increasing. I talked to my daughter some time ago. I said, uh, we used to have a pay phone here. And she says, what's pay phone? That told me how old I am. She said, had no idea what pay phone is changing. When I was in Texas here and in college, if you told me that you would be able to send a message to your friend in Nigeria via your telephone, I said, you, you've lost your mind. Where, how is that going to happen? You mean you can talk to somebody on that part of the world and you can see their face? That's incredible. From your phone? Like in, when you started all this, I said, sir, can I make a call with that stuff? Can somebody call me? Hey, give me that phone I wanted. <laughs> That's all I wanted. Then the texting and all of that stuff. Things have changed. Knowledge has grown. And the Bible says, when iniquity abounds, God gives more grace. If they need their tongues then, we need it more today. Amen? I want to share, share with you some of the benefits, and I'm going to go through this real quick. The benefits of speaking in tongues. First is this. Our natural language is limited. God is a spirit. And you are a spirit. You don't have enough words in your language to express all that your spirit wants to express to God. In worship, we don't have it. We don't have it. Your spirit wants to worship God. You remember in Psalm 103, David was saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. He was talking to his own spirit. You can't do all that your spirit can do. If you don't think you have a spirit, have you ever slept and you are running in your sleep? And you wake up, you're sweating. You haven't been running. That's your spirit. It affects your body. That's your spirit. Your spirit can do things. 
And your spirit wants to worship God. But you don't have enough words to really express what you're feeling, what your spirit wants to express to God. And that's what the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. He, whoever is speaking in a, in a tongue, he's not speaking to men. You are speaking directly to God. I like that. When you speak in tongues, you're speaking directly to God. Everything about man and flesh is removed. The access is so good. That's scripture. He says, for no one understands him. You don't understand what you're saying. No one, no man understands him, meaning no man, including you man. If you are human, you can't understand what you're saying. So what's wrong is people are afraid. What's the most powerful member of your body according to the scriptures? Your tongue. And God says, surrender that to me. Basically, lose yourself. Have no control. Give me control of your life. So you're speaking something that you don't understand. It's just by faith. You're trusting God that you're speaking to God, but you don't understand. That's what the scripture says. He who speaks in tongues does not speak to man, but to God. For no man understands him. However, in the spirit, what is he doing? He speaks mysteries. Is this available to us today? God is not a respecter of persons. He couldn't have given them in their time. They saw Jesus. Some of them did. And never saw him. And if he gave that to them and didn't give that to me, that's being partial. They had it and I didn't. They they saw Jesus do miracles and he gave them that and he gave me nothing. And he says, you you are all the same loving children of God. You don't look like that. You gave them everything they had and I didn't have much. But that's not the truth. God loves every child of his. And you can live a supernatural Christianity. That's why Paul said, you are acting like mere men. Meaning you are not just an ordinary man because you got the spirit of God. You are born from above. And some of us this morning, you can be born from above. God will give birth to your spirit. And you are born of God. That's what the scripture says. So once you are born of God, the scripture tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 7, you are a new creation. There's something about you that's different. The outside still remains the same. If you're bald before, you still remain bald. And uh, if you're short, you're still short. But the inside of you is changed. So we don't have enough to do that. Number two, we do not always know what to pray for. You see, it, until you ask, you cannot receive. The, that's what James tells us. Until you ask, you, you don't have because you didn't ask. But there are things that you don't know anything about. There are things that God wants you to pray about. Notice what Jesus said. Pray this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. But God knows. 
that God can make you pray for that son who is out there driving, going back home, and there is a drunk driver that is driving the same direction and could kill your son, and you can pray without knowing what to pray for. The Holy Spirit can take there, take you, and you pray, my son, and you're not even aware. I've heard testimonies of this. You pray, and God tells the drunk driver, why don't you take this other shortcut, and your child can arrive home. That's it. That's what it is. That's what it is. Look at what the scripture says. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit, the Spirit, capital S, also helps our weaknesses. What kind of weakness do we have? For because we do not know what, not how, what to pray for as we ought. So that means God wants us to know what to pray for. But because we are humans and we have this weakness, we cannot do that. And so the Spirit helps us. That's why Jesus said, I will send you another helper. The Holy Ghost. I will send you another helper. He's telling me, good luck, you need help. I say, yes, sir, I need help. Give me all the help I can get. Not going to deny help coming from God. No. No. He says, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he, that's God, who searches the heart, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he, the Spirit, makes intercession for the saints. How? According to the will of God. So when I'm praying in tongues, I'm fully praying God's will upon my life. Amen. I spend one hour calling on God's will upon my life. I spend one hour just in tongues. Don't know what I'm saying because he says you don't know what you're saying. That's faith because you don't know what you're saying. I'm calling the will of God upon my children, upon their, their everything. That's why this is so powerful. That's why this is so powerful. Number three, you get stronger spiritually when you pray in tongues. Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You build your faith. You think God will not do anything for you except you present faith. That's the currency for transaction in heavenly things. Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. So you don't have faith, you can't buy anything. But you can build up your faith and make your faith stronger if you spend time praying in tongues. Look at Paul. Paul said, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than you all. Can you give me that scripture? He was a Texan. He said, y'all... 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18 and 19, it says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet, notice what it said, yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding, meaning the language, my language, that I may teach others than 10,000 words in tongues. So, now listen, when Paul goes to church, he barely speaks in tongues. 
But yet, he's able to tell the whole Corinthian church, I speak in tongues more than every one of you. So where was he doing his speaking in tongues? At home. At home. Now, if it wasn't important to Christianity, why was he spending so much time doing that? Question. If praying in tongues doesn't have something to do with your life as a Christian, why was Paul speaking 10,000 words in tongues at home, not in church? I thought it's in church for us to demonstrate we're spiritual. He didn't do that. He spent time building up himself at home. But then in church, he's ministering to people. That's what this is. That's what this is. In church, he ministers to people. And Jude tells us, Jude is the brother of Jesus. He says, but you, beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. And if you wonder about praying in the Spirit, look at First uh, Corinthians 14, verse 14. He says, if I speak in a tongue, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Can you give me that? First Corinthians 14, verse 14 and verse 15. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand what I'm saying. First Corinthians 14, verse 14. It says, what should I do then? For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand what I'm saying. So if you understand what you are saying, you are not praying in the spirit. Hello? According to this scripture, right? If you understand, some people say, well, the Holy Spirit was on me. I prayed and the words just came out. Yeah, you prayed inspired prayer, but not praying in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you won't understand what you're saying. If you understand what you're saying, no. So, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What should I do then? He says, I will pray with the tongue, and I will pray with my understanding. He will sing in tongues. It was uh, that's singing the spirit and also singing with his understanding. But what you do is build up yourself. Now, First Corinthians fourteen verse four, it says, "He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself." The word "check it." The synonym for that word "edify" means to enlighten, to inform, to educate, to instruct, to improve. And to teach. That's, if you are praying in tongues, you are building up yourself. You are educating yourself spiritually. You begin to receive revelations from God to do things that you, normal people won't do. I can testify to this. When I discovered this thing years ago, I started spending, I made up my, my mind I was going to pray in tongues one hour every day. I did that for a long time. Early in the morning, 5 o'clock, I still wake up early. This is because it became a habit for me. I'll pray in tongues. And before long, I, I knew things. I started speaking things that peop, most of my Christian friends had no understanding. I thought everybody knew this. But I do remember one time, finally, God showed me I was sleeping. And I woke up that morning and I told my wife, I said, Angela, I think I can open the, the, the ear of the deaf and make the dumb to speak. Mama, you remember that? 
And my wife said, you can't do that. God has to do it. I said, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I've seen all of that. I knew what God would do. Because God can show you these things by himself. He builds up your spirit. Fourth, which is what I'm going to close with, you receive increased knowledge and wisdom. You receive increased knowledge and wisdom. Let me say this scripture here. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Right? They say mysteries. So you are praying to God and speaking mysteries to God, right? You want to teach God something? Why does God need mysteries coming from your mouth towards Him? That's what the scripture says. You, don't, you are not speaking to man, to man. No one understands. However, in your spirit, you speak mysteries. So you spend time to pray to God, and all you're doing is for one hour, you are speaking mysteries to God in prayer. You're not going to teach God anything that He doesn't know. The mysteries you are speaking are for, for you. If you stay with it, those mysteries, the hidden things that God said, these things that are hidden, God begins to download them into your spirit. And you just know. You got greater understanding. And then you have greater confidence. The fear is gone. You can walk boldly in faith. Just like Peter on the day of Pentecost. They were bold. Weak people, hiding. But now they could care less, even if you took their lives. They had mysteries given, delivered to them. And I'm going to close with this scripture. First Corinthians chapter 2, beginning from verse 8, it says, Which not beginning from verse uh, 9, I'll go from verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared for those who love Him. I had not seen, ear has not heard, nor have entered into the heart. If you are a man, it has, it's not there. But look at what it says. The things which God has prepared. So there are things that God has prepared for you. But you haven't heard about it. You haven't seen them. It hasn't been, in, it hasn't been deposited into your heart. But then it says in verse 10, But God has revealed them to us, how? Through His Spirit. For what man? For it says, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So the Spirit is still searching the deep things of God. You read the scriptures, deep calls out to, to deep. When you're praying in tongues, you're digging deep. That's when God will begin to show you those things that have not entered into the heart of man. Paul said, these mysteries that have been hidden. They are now revealed to me. Guess who prayed in tongues more than every other man that's ever lived? 
who had the greatest revelation? Paul. No coincidence. Because he spent so much time praying in tongues. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Then he concluded, now we have what? Received. We have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us. That's how you know. When you speak those mysteries, God begins to deposit these mysteries into your heart. As you speak those mysteries in tongues, God begins to deposit them into your heart. And your life is transformed. When I started doing this, came from a background so fearful and shaky, didn't understand. But God spoke to me in prayer after seven days fast. God spoke to me and said, you can now start doing this. And things changed since then, till this very day. I wanted to present that to you. Please don't just put it aside. Search the scriptures for yourself. And if you've already been filled with the Holy Spirit, I challenge you, if you can pray in tongues, I challenge you, challenge you for the next one week, a month, Try waking up and spend just 30 minutes every day. Just do that. And watch what God will start doing, begin to do in your life. Things will change. The first thing you will notice will probably be those silly fears that you have, God will knock them out of your life. <laughs> you won't have any kind of fear. You'll be wondering yourself, how come I'm not scared anymore? Because he'll take them. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear but of love, of power, and of uh, your mind is sound. You can think and analyze what is going on. Amen? Close your eyes with me this morning. If you're here this morning and you haven't committed everything to Christ, He's asking you to do that this morning. Please don't look to pastor. I'm just a man, but Jesus is here with us. He said, where two or three are gathered together in his name, he is there in the midst of them. And Jesus is here today. Why don't you honor him by turning your life over to him and tell him that, Jesus, I need you here. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you as you make your commitment to Christ. At the sound of three, at the count of three, please lift your hand up before God and let heaven see your hand that you are making that commitment to God. You want to turn everything. Some of us made a commitment to Christ before, but you need to renew that commitment today. God wants you to do that. And I believe you will do that this morning. You will make that commitment. At the count of three, please lift your hand up. One, two, three. Lift your hand up right now. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I appreciate you all doing that. Look up to me here. You have the, the uh, connection card. There is a part of the connection card. You have it this morning where it says my decision today. I want you to check your decision for Christ today. And please put that in the offering bucket. I will receive it. 
so I can be praying for you. If you have received Christ today, you are starting off as a child, a baby. You need to grow. I want to help you grow. We need you to be in church so we can teach you and you can grow and do great works for God. And I pray that you do much more than God has ever done through my life. Not much I've done, but I want to see that. That would be a great thing for me. Amen. So put that in the offering bucket. Bow your heads with me while we pray. Especially you, lift up your, you lifted up your hand. Let's say, speak to our God. Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross for my sins. Lord God, I confess my sins to you. I confess with my mouth that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died for my sins and that He was raised again from the dead. Jesus, I know that You are alive. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Can we put our hands together? Clap and thank you, Lord. For those that are making that commitment, God saw you. Even if you didn't raise your hand and you prayed that prayer, please check that card, put it in there. It's 